Chapter One of the Curse of Capistrano. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Barry Eads. The Curse of Capistrano by Johnston McCulley. Chapter One Pedro the Boaster. Again the sheet of rain beat against the roof of red Spanish tile, and the wind shrieked like a soul in torment, and smoke puffed from the big fireplace as sparks were showered over the hard dirt floor. "'Tis a night for evil deeds,' declared Sergeant Pedro Gonzalez, stretching his great feet in their loose boots toward the roaring fire and grasping the hilt of his sword in one hand and a mug filled with thin wine in the other. Devils howl in the wind, and demons are in the raindrops. Tis an evil night indeed, eh, senor? It is. The fat landlord agreed hastily, and he made haste also to fill the wine mug again, for Sergeant Pedro Gonzalez had a temper that was terrible when aroused, as it always was when wine was not forthcoming. An evil night, the big sergeant repeated, and drained the mug without stopping to draw breath a feat that had attracted considerable attention in its time, and had gained the sergeant a certain amount of notoriety up and down El Camino Real, as they called the highway that connected the missions in one long chain. Gonzales sprawled closer to the fire and cared not that other men thus were robbed of some of its warmth. Sergeant Pedro Gonzales often had expressed his belief that a man should look out for his own comfort before considering others and being of great size and strength, and having much skill with the blade, he found few who had the courage to declare that they believed otherwise. Outside the wind shrieked, and the rain dashed against the ground in a solid sheet. It was a typical February storm for Southern California. At the missions, the frailes had cared for the stock and had closed the buildings for the night. At every great hacienda, big fires were burning in the houses. The timid natives kept to their little adobe huts, glad for shelter. And here, in the little pueblo of Reina de Los Angeles, where, in years to come, a great city would grow, the tavern on one side of the plaza housed for the time being men who would sprawl before the fire until the dawn rather than face the beating rain. Sergeant Pedro Gonzalez, by virtue of his rank and size, hogged the fireplace and a corporal and three soldiers from the Presidio sat at a table a little in rear of him, drinking their thin wine and playing at cards. An Indian servant crouched on his heels in one corner. No neophyte who had accepted the religion of the Frailes, but a Gentile and renegade. For this was in the day of the decadence of the missions, and there was little peace between the robed Franciscans who followed in the footsteps of the sainted Junipero Serra who had founded the first mission at San Diego de Alcala, and thus made possible an empire, and those who followed the politicians and had high places in the army. The men who drank wine in the tavern at Reina de Los Angeles had no wish for a spying neophyte about them. Just now conversation had died out, a fact that annoyed the fat landlord and caused him some fear. For Sergeant Pedro Gonzalez, in an argument, was Sergeant Gonzalez at peace, and unless he could talk, the big soldier might feel moved to action and start a brawl. Twice before Gonzalez had done so, to the great damage of furniture and men's faces, and the landlord had appealed to the commandante of the Presidio, K. 
Captain Ramon, only to be informed that the captain had an abundance of troubles of his own, and that running an inn was not one of them. So the landlord regarded Gonzalez warily, and edged closer to the long table, and spoke in an attempt to start a general conversation, and so avert trouble. "'They are saying in the Pueblo,' he announced, "'that the Señor Zorro is abroad again.' His words had an effect that was both unexpected and terrible to witness. Sergeant Pedro Gonzalez hurled his half-filled wine-mug to the hard dirt floor, straightened suddenly on the bench, and crashed a ponderous fist down upon the table, causing wine-mugs and cards and coins to scatter in all directions. The corporal and the three soldiers retreated a few feet in sudden fright, and the red face of the landlord blanched. The native sitting in the corner started to creep toward the door, having determined that he preferred the storm outside to the big sergeant's anger. Senor Zorro, eh? Gonzalez cried in a terrible voice. Is it my fate always to hear that name? Senor Zorro, eh? Mr. Fox, in other words. He imagines, I take it, that he is as cunning as one. By the saints, he raises as much stench. Gonzalez gulped, turned to face them squarely, and continued his tirade. He runs up and down the length of El Camino Real, like a goat of the high hills. He wears a mask, and he flashes a pretty blade, they tell me. He uses the point of it to carve his hated letter Z on the cheek of his foe. Ha! The mark of Zorro, they are calling it. A pretty blade he has, in truth. But I cannot swear as to the blade. I have never seen it. He will not do me the honor of letting me see it. Senor Zorro's depredations never occur in the vicinity of Sergeant Pedro Gonzalez. Perhaps this Senor Zorro can tell us the reason for that. Ha! He glared at the men before him, threw up his upper lip, and let the ends of his great black mustache bristle. They are calling him the curse of Capistrano now, the fat landlord observed, stooping to pick up the wine mug and cards, and hoping to filch a coin in the process. Curse the entire highway and the whole mission chain, Sergeant Gonzalez roared. A cutthroat he is, a thief, ha! A common fellow presuming to get him a reputation for bravery because he robs a hacienda or so and frightens a few women and natives. Senor Zorro, eh? Here is one fox it gives me pleasure to hunt. Curse of Capistrano, eh? I know I have led an evil life, but I only ask of the saints one thing now, that they forgive me my sins long enough to grant me the boon of standing face to face with this pretty highwayman. There is a reward, the landlord began. You snatched the very words from my lips, Sergeant Gonzalez protested. There is a pretty reward for the fellow's capture offered by His Excellency the Governor. And what good fortune has come to my blade? I am away on duty at San Juan Capistrano, and the fellow makes his play at Santa Barbara. I am at Reina de Los Angeles, and he takes a fat purse at San Luis Redim at san gabriel let us say and he robs at san diego de alcala a pest he is once i meet him sergeant gonzalez choked on his wrath and reached for the wine mug which the landlord had filled again and placed at his elbow he gulped down the contents well he never has visited us here the landlord said with a sigh of thanksgiving good reason fat one ample reason we have a presidio here and a few soldiers he rides far from any presidio, does this pretty Senor Zorro. He is like a fleeting sunbeam. I grant him that. 
and with about as much real courage. Sergeant Gonzales relaxed on the bench again, and the landlord gave him a glance that was full of relief, and began to hope that there would be no breakage of mugs and furniture and men's faces this rainy night. "'Yet this Senor Zorro must rest at times. He must eat and sleep,' the landlord said. "'It is certain that he must have some place for hiding and recuperation. Some fine day the soldiers will trail him to his den.' "'Ha!' Gonzales replied. "'Of course the man has to eat and sleep. And what is it that he claims now? He says that he is no real thief. By the saints!' He is but punishing those who mistreat the men of the missions, he says. Friend of the oppressed, eh? He left a placard at Santa Barbara recently stating as much, did he not? Ha! And what may be the reply to that? The frailties of the mission are shielding him, hiding him, giving him his meat and drink. Shake down a robe, Frey, and you'll find some trace of this pretty highwayman's whereabouts. Else I am a lazy civilian. I have no doubt that you speak the truth the landlord replied. I put it not past the Frailies to do such a thing. But may this Senor Zorro never visit us here. And why not, fat one? Sergeant Gonzales cried in a voice of thunder. Am I not here? Have I not a blade at my side? Are you an owl? And is this daylight that you cannot see as far as the end of your puny, crooked nose? By the saints! I mean, said the landlord quickly, and with some alarm, that I have no wish to be robbed. To be robbed of what, fat one? Of a jug of weak wine and a meal? Have you riches, fool? Ha! Let the fellow come. Let this bold and cunning Senor Zorro but enter that door and step before us. Let him make a bow, as they say he does, and let his eyes twinkle through his mask. Let me but face the fellow for an instant, and I claim the generous reward offered by his excellency. He perhaps is afraid to venture so near the Presidio, the landlord said. More wine, Gonzales howled. More wine, fat one, and place it to my account. When I have earned the reward, you shall be paid in full. I promise it on my word as a soldier. Ha! Were this brave and cunning Senor Zorro, this curse of Capistrano, but to make entrance at that door now. The door suddenly was opened. So ends chapter 1.